Hi everyone, welcome back to It's All Light. I'm your host, Natalie Baugh, and today I am so happy because we have not just one, but two special guests, Allison Linford and Trevor McClaws. Unfortunately, I lost the first seven minutes of audio, so I'm going to introduce them and then we'll jump right in. So they're actually both from Arizona and have known each other since they were like 14 years old, and they're just good friends, two people I just admire so much so wise and i can't wait for you to hear all their wonderful thoughts so to get to know them i asked them their favorite christmas tradition allison said homemade pizza competitions and they make them into christmas shapes and like christmas pizza gingerbread houses sounds amazing i can't wait to try that and then trevor's was reading luke too and talking about it as a family and then opening one christmas gift so happy holidays hope you're having a great holiday season And then I also asked them to share something about life they love to get to know them a little bit better. And Allison talked about having a balance of what you need and being grateful for what you have. And knowing Allison, like she lives by this. Like I went to her room once and it's so simple and organized. And she was saying, yeah, like this is all I own. And I was so amazed because I tend to just have way too much stuff. So Inspired by Allison, I'm going to do a detox and get rid of a lot of things because you don't need much to live and be happy. And Trevor focused on happiness and how it's dictated on the focus of our lives and not the circumstances or situations. And he touched on focusing on the Savior brings happiness. So the episode will start. It'll jump into Allison finishing some thoughts and then dive into dating and thoughts regarding dating. So hope you enjoy. But like, if you have like your, your, the hierarchy of needs, if you have your basics, everything else is just a plus, but we're built as like humans to want more, to, to need more so that we can like achieve goals and different things like that. But sometimes it can become almost an addiction to need more and more and more and never be satisfied with what you have. Interesting. I think that could be even emotionally, that could be mentally, that could be spiritually. If you never feel like it's enough, then it will never be enough you know, you have to have gratitude for what you have and type of thing. So it's just interesting. It's just balance. You know, you can't have nothing, but you also like don't have to have everything. Yeah, it's true. have a happy life. I've tried to focus on this. I have a long ways to go, but it's like the song from Prince of Egypt, Looking Through Heaven's Eyes, and he goes, when all you have is nothing, there's a lot to go around. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And then, like, a Sheryl Crow song, it's like, it's not having what you want, it's wanting what you've got. Do you know that song? So kind of the sun. (laughs) Yeah, I love that song. I know, it's a good one. But yeah, I love that. Trevor, do you have any thoughts before we dive into our topic today? Um... Any other thoughts? Not not yet, not particularly, but we're, we're, we're ready to rock and roll. Okay, so we're going to just kind of go over some questions I asked on my Instagram, read people's, people's answers, and then talk about it. So the first question I asked this time around was, what is the stigma or taboo around dating? Which you both can share your answers to, but... Someone said, teens can't do multiple dates in a month with different people if they are a player. <laughs> that one's from um, a different generation. Um, not our, that's not someone our age sharing that, so that's interesting. Um, people take it seriously. Meeting people on dating apps is weird. Dating equals marriage. Not dating someone for very long before getting engaged and married. Being older than 24 and unmarried. Kissing on the first date. Dates mean a lot and are high pressure. When they don't, they're just getting to know someone. Making out on a first date, some of the stigma. 
Um, if you go out within a friend group, you'll get ostracized. <laughs> um, if you go out, you're getting married. Um, to not settle, and they blame it on the other gender when it's most likely them. Ooh. Um, you have to be either serious to marry or loosely date, and that's the expectation. And how people want to get married, but they aren't in the right headspace. So those are all the responses from that one. What would you guys add? What's the stigma? That was a pretty big list. I'm not gonna lie, like I can I can like think of like it's kinda of snobby like, yeah, I you know, totally heard that or sometimes maybe I I haven't passed agreed with this or Right, right. I don't know if I can add anything necessarily to it. I think something that at least my age that I've I've seen a lot or um is just like how serious people can take dating of uh, like, okay, if we date, you know, I don't want to go on a date with them because we're going to get married or, or whatever. Like, I think they just, they overcomplicate yes. it. And it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's not that complicated. And, and I, and I don't want to project or anything. I feel like I've shared this before, but I feel like dating in Arizona, cause I'm, I'm from Arizona and I've, I've dated girls in Arizona. I've, I've dated girls in Utah and I feel like, and I, I'm not trying to be one of those guys who's projecting, oh, because I love Utah. Utah is awesome. I love the people here. <laughs> but there's something like we we have to acknowledge like Utah, it, it's an anomaly. Like it's not it's not normal with how many people that have similar standards, uh, similar faith, um, you know, living in such a condensed area next to each other where obviously there's going to be some weird cultural things. But yeah. I feel like in Arizona, it was it's pretty simple to date where it was like, it was, it was like, oh, like I find this person attractive. I enjoy the way I feel, you know, when I'm around them. I like, you know, me just about the personality. Yeah. And it, was, and it was really like, there's no pressure where it was just like, yeah, I'm just going to feel over time, energy, effort in this. And we've broken up in three months, but like up here, and I have to like acknowledge, like there's tons of just like good looking guys, tons of good looking girls where it does make it harder. It's like, well, if I go on dates or if I commit to dating this person, that means you have to let go of whatever's in this hand. That could be another four or five people who are also just awesome. And just, <laughs> this is amazing. So like, I do, I do recognize like dating is a little more unique. I think particularly to Utah. I don't know if your listeners are only in Utah or in other areas, but I yeah. think that's also an important factor of, of my experience. Like, yeah, dating is not the same in other States versus Utah. Yeah. So, Agreed. So some, well, I guess what I'm saying is like some stigmas could be based based off of where people are coming from you're right and honestly I feel like after reading some of those answers and me knowing who put them in there because they're my followers um I could tell like what stage of dating they're on kind of like the younger ones and what they're saying versus the older ones and what they're saying versus another generation that's outside looking in to our generation you know like I feel like my parents ideas on dating are so different than what I think and it's 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 fun to talk to them because Dating really did simpler, did seem simpler for them. I don't know if you would agree. Like, if you no. talk to the, that generation, our parents, even our, some of our bishopric members, like, dating just seemed less complicated. And I think there's been this, this stigma of complication for so many random reasons. But what do you think, Allison? Yeah, that is such a good point. It's so true. I think that there's... I really like everything that Trevor mentioned. And I think there is because there's so much pressure, even in this day and age, like 
in Utah, it's even more to all the extremes, I think, because dating's in the culture, like Trevor was saying, and there's it's so condensed. Yeah. But it's interesting because even um, my friends that are in other cultures, they're starting in like other states or even other countries. They're running into this too because of dating apps. There are so many options on oh, the dating apps. Oh, interesting. So, even on Instagram, like having an Instagram, I've talked to some of my guy friends and they're like, it's hard because even on Instagram, all of a sudden there's a suggested friend and you see you have so many mutual yeah. friends and with them. And it's like, well, I haven't gotten to know her yet. Um, and so it can mm. make dating a little bit complicated, I guess, having like, so many different options or different avenues to date it's almost like like too much when back in the day it was like if if you want me to answer that specifically back in the day or even my parents day it was like you just dated who was in your town you know and and then people rose to the top of who you were most interested in who you weren't with the people around you you didn't then get on a dating app and be like wait I want to put myself in Hawaii and see who's there it's like you know like it's just a little bit different circumstances and um different mentalities and I think there's a lot more self-sabotage in dating now too 100 percent a lot that makes it complicated too because it's so easy to especially like I'm 29 and we can get into age and dating probably later in this conversation but like what makes it complicated is when you see a lot of people around you dating or I've had relationships where I was exclusive we've talked about marriage but then it didn't work out Um, it's hard not to compare like why did it work out for these people and not me even though and then you start finding reasons. You can self-sabotage yourself away from dating and yeah. then think of it as, as pointless or whatever. So there are just a lot of factors that make it hard. Um, but it I really think is. like life gets really hard in general. And I bet there's difficulties for every generation. Like there's probably difficulties that they had that we didn't necessarily have, you know? So it's just dealing and learning to manage with what you got, you yeah. know? Oh, I think you're so right. Yeah. There's a lot with the stigma. We're going to move on, though, because we could probably talk a whole episode on the stigma. But I think I want to be a little bit more helpful and try to inspire people on on how they could maybe change their dating like circumstances. Sometimes you can't change your circumstances, but like what Trevor was saying, you can change your perspective on it and, and go from there. The next question was funniest dating story. There weren't very many of them, but like a stranger asked someone out in the celestial room in the temple. They built... <laughs> <laughs> Trevor's taking notes. Amazing. Um, they built a fort out of boxes on this guy's back porch. Mind you, they were in their mid twenties. Oh no, the guy who's Amazing. Um, funny but really sad. Boy started confessing all his sins to her. No, that's not real. Wait, um, wait. she want to deal with guy who had sins. <laughs> funny. What's his name? Trevor. <laughs> And then a guy brought up his sales job so it could be a tax write-off. Wait. So marriage oh, could oh, be a tax write-off? Oh, no, the, the date could be because, like, the dollars he was spending. That's, that's Maybe. Okay, so that was the only responses for that one. Not very many dating funny stories, but I know if I ask in a different way, we could get more. But the next question was, who's a couple you know that you think, wow, I want a relationship like theirs? And I love this question because then you start to realize – qualities either in individual people that make it a good relationship or just what a healthy relationship looks like to you and how to seek that out so I'll read the answers first and then we can talk about it so 
Um, constant, constantly laugh, banter, and have great conversations and communication. Um, someone said Michael, Alio, and Danielle from Bachelor in Paradise. I don't know them. <laughs> I don't know if anyone watches that. Um, someone's great aunt, aunt and uncle because they're always together, supportive, kind, genuine, and caring. And they have a deep love of the gospel and have fun. Um, so a couple who's centered on God and serving each other, their family, and others. A couple that is best friends and always looking to serve each other, aware of needs. A couple who's calm, loving, and understanding. And Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds because they love (laughs) the sarcasm and the way they talk about each other. And then my neighbor mentioned her and her husband. (laughs) And I, she was my young women's leader and my best friend's mom. And I feel like their relationship is, is also one of those like, calm yet powerful relationships like it's kind of the unspoken power that you you can just tell that they love each other and work well together so yeah what do you guys think who who came to your mind when I asked that question um yeah good if well, anyone who came to my what my obviously was just it was my parents and my sister um yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I think I was very fortunate, very blessed to be be raised in the household that I was. And there's a lot of just characteristics that I, I admire about my parents. It's the way that the way that they loved each other. I mean, my mom was kind of this happy-go-lucky personality. My And they both each just had this fire about the gospel. And it wasn't like this boring topic. It wasn't something you just talked about, something you did. Um, but... Also, just, like, they love serving, whether it's each other, but, like, they love, like, serving in their callings and just giving. But I also, one thing that I, I do love is, like, is, like, they're not, like, the, each each individual, and this also goes very well with, with my sister and, and her husband, like, they don't think life is just this pristine, perfect, fragile thing. Like, they know how to roll up their, their sleeves and, and get dirty and, 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 you know, get to work and... Because that's what it, you know comes down to. I mean, people set these expectations or frame these relationships in their mind. That's going to be perfect. And there's not going to be arguments. No, there are going to be a lot of tough conversations. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of repenting that need to be done. There's gonna be, people got to be humble and say, I'm sorry. Um, and also, on the flip side of accepting people's apologies. And I think, yeah. you know, my parents' relationship wasn't this perfect thing where there's like, hey, there was never a fight. There was never a disagreement in the house. No, there was plenty of those. All because of me most of the time, honestly. <laughs> and my siblings. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. But, but their ability to, to forgive quickly and, and not to allow it to affect the way that they treated each other afterwards. Yeah. Just to work. Like, they, they both have this work ethic that is unparalleled to anything I've seen. And so, anyway, there's a thousand things I feel like I could, I could just run off about my sister and her husband and, and my, my own parents. But those are some of the things that I think come to mind. Oh, I love that. I think with my parents too, like they hit 30 years and someone at my dad's office was asking like, oh, what, what's helped you stay together for so long? And, and part of it was just like spending time together and going to the temple. But also like when they got married, they like, despite their temple covenant commitments, they've kind of promised each other on their own. Like no matter what, we will work through whatever is thrown our way, whatever we go through, we will stick together and work through it. And yeah, like, luckily, I don't remember my my parents fighting a ton growing up, but, like, 
it is very normal to have arguments and disagreements and and now it's more funny and endearing the older they get and the older we get, you know, and <laughs> the more we know and realize our parents aren't perfect, but just that helps us see like, oh, our parents aren't perfect, but look what they've made of this and how they they took each other's imperfections and were patient with each other and worked together and, and continue to do that every day. I, it really is a miracle and beautiful and takes a lot of work. Yeah. Thank you, Trevor. Yeah. Al- yeah. Allison, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, there are so many good examples of marriage. And, like, a lot of marriages have different strengths, too. Like, when you said that, I could think of so many different ones. And I'm like, oh, they're really strong in this aspect. They're really strong in this aspect. Yeah. Funny, I was actually just visiting with some of my friends who are married. They just moved back to Utah. And there were a couple that I was there during their dating process. So I was, like, helping (sighs) her process through, helping them, like, get to marriage. It was just like. Wow. And so I was, like, really up and close with, with them, and I hadn't talked to them in a while, and they've been married, I think, like, five years now, so I just, like, dug deep when I was at their house the other night. I was like, so, what's it like? You've been married five years, you know, just ask them all that. And I was like, what, what do you think makes you guys work? You know, I just asked them point blank, and yeah. I really like what they said. They were like, they're like, we know how to talk to each other. Like, we are just 100% open with each other, even if that means, and they gave an example, they're like, even if that means, like, someone seems a little off, and then the other person's like, hey, what's wrong? You don't just say, oh, nothing, nothing. You could even say, yeah, something's wrong, and then the other person's like, then you have to say, does it have to do with me? Did I hurt your feelings, or <laughs> is it just something wrong? And then the other person would be like, either say, yeah, it was you, but I'm not ready to talk about it yet, or yeah, it was you, and they talk about it, or no, it has not, nothing to do with you, not ready to talk about it, or yeah, nothing to do with you, let's talk about it. Wow. And I just think that good marriages, really, it all comes down to, like Trevor was saying, like your focus, it comes like, what is that focus? And if it's the savior and if it's your mutual values in life, you're going to be successful, but you can have all the same values and focus and no communication and you will fail. Oh yeah. Like, it's like, you have to learn how to argue well. You have to learn how to have the good conversations well. Like you just have to learn how to be in communication and communication isn't only verbal communication. It's like, eye rolling all that stuff like I am a notorious eye roller if I'm bugged I just roll my eyes you know like and that's I had a guy I dated a long time ago kind of point that out to me and he's like that's actually pretty rude and I was like oh I'm sorry like I didn't know what that meant to you a lot of it goes back down to what things mean to us because we all have our own perceptions on literally everything but I love that you were saying like ask ask like are you okay And then, like, sometimes people can bury it and not talk about it. But the more curious you get, the more you understand, okay, we'll wait. We'll talk about it later. Oh, it's not about me. It's about them. And that, I feel like when people do that to me, like, in relationships that that I've had that, it helps me start to realize, oh, like, why am I annoyed? Or why am I being a little weird right now? Even sometimes I don't even know why I'm acting the way I am until I stop and think about it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's probably because this happened. You know, like, I think I'm going so fast that I rarely stop and then sometimes I get jumbled up in what I'm feeling and like then I start acting how I'm feeling and it is helpful when people notice it usually for me it's when I get really quiet because <laughs> I'm always talking <laughs> so if I'm <laughs> so if I'm ever like super quiet people who know me well are always like what's wrong and I'm like 
can I not be quiet? <laughs> but they're always right. <laughs> You're like, no, you can't. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're not wrong. It's usually a vibe. You can feel it when someone's not well or annoyed or something like that. But, oh, I love that. Are we ready for the next question? Do you have any other thoughts on, we could talk about healthy relationships for a whole episode as well, but I think what you shared covered some really great points. Okay, the next question what are the highest challenges when it comes to dating? And people said, finding someone not politically extreme and also someone who keeps the Sabbath day holy, communicating effectively. Um, a girl said, I feel like I have to sacrifice part of my dream guy and I want to know what is okay to sacrifice. That's actually pretty big for me, at least. Um, finding others with the attitude that casual dates are how you really get to know others. People being open and honest about how they truly feel commitment, finding people to date with similar worldview and outlook, relationship, OCD, and anxiety, finding someone with high standards that I'm also attracted to, trying to feel good enough for someone, <laughs> someone said they just have to like me, <laughs> um, getting, her, getting her to commit, um, funny plug, that's the guy I'm dating, he answered that one for me. <laughs> I know. Well, well, next week's going to be a whole episode on my commitment issues. It's not in the way you think it is, but I mean, I'm very open with like so many things that like it's an open conversation between who I date. So, um, and then the last two were used to, um, used to be finding people who are interested enough in me and choose them as much as you want to choose them. And then someone said responsiveness. So those are the high, highest challenges when it comes to dating. I feel like this kind of goes back to our stigma question. The stigma is kind of the challenge, but what would you guys add to that? I hope you understand the question you're, you're asking. Like, like what, what are some of the roadblocks that, that we normally find in relationships? Or is it like that we've found in relationships? Or I think a better question is what's hard about dating? Like why... Why is it hard for you to date? Why is it hard for other people to date and commit to each other? Why are, I feel like people aren't getting married as frequent as years past. Like I had three friends get married, which actually seems like a lot this summer. But at the same time, I go to church and I see all these amazing people. I'm like, why are none of you dating each other or getting married? You're all so amazing. But I just don't know why people don't date. So I'm wondering what challenges there are for that. Um, My... Sorry, you want to go first? No, I feel you like go I'm always going first. You go first. Oh, it helps. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a lot to chew on that. But there's a lot of good answer to that. My my initial thought is, I mean, I feel like there's there's a, there's a part of me that's like, well, it's, it's kind of obvious. I mean, like, dating takes effort. Dating is hard, and, and in a, in a world where you know, being 26, I'm in the middle of my career, you know, life's good, like, I make decent, I don't make, like, crazy money, but enough, like, I can go travel when I want, I can take days off, I don't have to respond to anybody, I don't need to be home at a certain time, like, I, I have the liberty to do what I want, when I want, and how I want, and so, like, there's, there's a lot of freedom in that, and so when you're asking someone, hey, like, let's give things a chance, let's, let's date, it's like, oh my gosh, like, that's a lot of work, you know, it, it's, it's a complete 180 shift than this life that YSA or single adults are living right now. Like you ask them to give up so much. 
Um, and, and I'm not like, yeah, let's stay on that trajectory. No, obviously, obviously not. Um, I also feel like um, what makes what can make dating difficult or hard is obviously people people have lived two completely separate lives to this point, and so it's like I've had my life, life A, um, and a, a different girls have an entire different life with different perspective and experiences, and so what's hard is like, listen, we're not going to live. You know, you know what would it look like together? And and I feel like, and, and I've I've had moments of struggle with this as well, and I've and I've seen friends as well. But it's like sometimes people get caught up with, like you brought up the example of the Sabbath day, right? Of well, me growing up, the Sabbath day looked like X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. For her family, what was totally normal for her was the Sabbath day was like this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like those are important things to talk about and remember. But I think what's more important is saying, hey, listen, I get I have this background. You have that background. I don't care. The question is, what what life, what you know, how would we want to, you know, keep the Sabbath holy together? What would that look like? Mm-hmm. And if you communicate, right? Allison's talked about communicating. If you guys commu- communicate and say, I don't care what my background is and what yours is, what would we want going forward together? What is the Sabbath day? Or you fill it in with any other important thing to you, and that's where I think you see all the progress of, oh, you know, this isn't as scary as, as a conversation, or you actually find out, hey, these are actually non-negotiables that he or she's not willing to give up, and I have to have this. And at the end of the day, you can only be grateful to say, hey, I'm not wasting more time and energy and right, love right. that. not going to work out anyway. Wow. So profound. Putting that on a quote template, and people can read that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's interesting what you said at the beginning of this question. You mentioned the mentality of maybe some guys and I feel like that mentality you described of being comfortable in their career, able to do really anything they want, they have a job, freedom, I feel like my perception of every guy in Vineyard in that category, usually 25 and older, 26 and older, is that. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, they're just comfortable. And I think our bishop in the ward once mentioned, like, the guys have gotten to that point, and usually in the a quote-unquote normal like life you get married in between college and finding your career and go from there but because that was skipped over they're just going but they have to go back and get there because I think about all my friends who got married and honestly their husbands were either still in school or figuring out what, where they're going with their life younger and not quite in that mentality yet and honestly it, it's so interesting to think about where where your mentality shifts when you get older as well as, I mean, the circumstances of your life and then how you how you deal with that. But I think it would come down to just having that desire uh, and working for it. And then it, it really does just take finding the right person and the feeling, and there's a lot more to it but and timing. But I don't know. I think your thoughts are so interesting. And I'm trying to remember all that you said. But, oh, hmm. The last thing you mentioned was, Remind me, I was focusing on the first part of it, but then you went into the the last part that I brought up was. <laughs> I want to remember it because it was important. Yeah, the first part was hey, it takes effort, and then the second giving part, up. Um, was it like not wanting to give up the? That was part of the first part. Like first part. Oh no no oh yeah the second part. Sorry was. It's more like, hey, listen, like we each have these. these oh patterns. yeah, yeah, yeah. You focus on it's like, hey, you know, she grew up swimming on Sunday. I didn't do that on the Sabbath day. So, so like, then, you know, moving forward, and I did it. What would we want together, right? Yeah. So, so 
it's kind of moving your mentality of what your life looks like and then and merging it with someone else's, which is really hard. I think that's why marriages struggle is because you are coming from two separate backgrounds and you're trying to merge that into one. So yeah, I love that you brought that up because while while you're dating and get to know, getting to know people, which I think people should give more people a chance, like more than just a date, because honestly, things change so much within a first few dates. You actually get to see people in different circumstances and 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 environments. But then the more you like start dating someone consistently, cons- consecutively, <laughs> consistently, then then you start to realize your differences of how you were raised and. And how you do different things. And and it is interesting. Sometimes it's very frustrating. But I think the biggest thing there is just get curious. Start asking questions instead of being disappointed from your expectations. <laughs> hmm. Okay, Allison, what, are you, what have you been thinking? Oh, well, that was really good. <laughs> like, we could just go off of that. Um, but... Since he kind of, like, dealt with, like, the hardship between, like, both choosing each other as, like, two new people coming together, I'll talk a lot about what someone goes through, maybe more women, I don't know, maybe women and men go through this, but, like, a lot of dating, the hard thing about dating is that it doesn't work until it does, Mm -hmm. and so your brain is built to, like, to not do stuff that doesn't work. You know, your brain's literally trying to protect you and make you want to succeed. So when things bring anxiety, when things bring bring grief, when things bring sometimes these negative emotions that dating can bring, Mm -hmm. it can create this false belief in your mind or many false beliefs in your mind Hmm. of this doesn't work, this is scary, this is not gonna work for me. Or like other false beliefs can be created to actually keep you away from dating because it can hurt right oh yeah but but then it's going to work one day and it like marriage will work one day but you can ask any married people like unless they married their high school sweetheart which which happens or their first boyfriend or girlfriend ever which happens um i'm like those suckers (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) honestly i know i'm just kidding i know But what I'm saying that is like your brain is creating all this evidence that it's not working. So then your brain is creating also sometimes these false things about you or about relationships to keep you away from it. Mm. And it can like rise above that mentally, which is really hard to do. Like, I think that we don't give enough credit to like, like Trevor was saying, like it takes work, like it's hard, like and it's fun too on the other end like being in a relationship is so much fun and you can get such a thrill and such a dopamine hit from all the things and like your brain also wants that so it's this weird battle in your brain of like I want that so bad but also this hurts me mm-hmm. you have to rise above that and sometimes those false beliefs that are created to keep you away from dating are like maybe I'm not good enough maybe I'm not pretty enough maybe I'm not this enough and that's why dating isn't working mm-hmm. But you really have to be in tune with the spirit and choose to believe that what God has taught us about who we are and what yeah. we're worth is is what's true. Yeah. And so honestly, being like in this dating scene for so long, it's it's a big mental challenge also because it's different culturally being my age and not married. It's a little bit different, but honestly, it's helped me build such a stronger mentality that I don't know if I could have built in any other way for me that I'm glad it's worked out this way so far. Yeah. 
Um, the older I get, I still feel young, but the older I get, and I've had friends who've got married older, I like to ask them kind of what helped them as they got older. Like, there's a lady in my ward got married at 35, and my, my cousin got married at 30, and a few other friends a little bit older. And even a lady in the temple, like, I don't know how it came up, but she mentioned she got married at 29, and I just kind of was like, I'm curious your experience, and, and like, just whispering in the temple, she kind of was just sharing, like, like, it kind of get you get to that point where you have to just realize, like, there's so many things you wouldn't have been able to do if you had been married sooner, and, and I am so grateful for all the experiences I've been through up till now, and, and one of the other ladies was like, if God cared so much to have an apostle call you on your mission, like how much more do you think God is caring about who you're going to marry for eternity? You know, like God is, is in the details and he is making it work through whatever configuration he has. And with our agency and what we're choosing, like I dated a guy when I think I got the answer that was pretty clear. No, don't date him. But then two months later, I decided to go for it anyways. (laughs) And then I don't know if that, like, in my head, in my head, it's like, oh, yeah, that slowed down my, my processor. I could have been married sooner if I hadn't done this. But at the same time, God knew I was going to do that anyways. And then I had to learn a lot from that experience. And then that's put me to where now I'm even more prepared for what's coming next. And hopefully that is marriage in the, in my near future. I don't know, maybe in a few years. But I don't know. I think that's really cool that with your experience – I mean, you just have a greater appreciation for, for life and for those around you, for yourself, because like you said, it's, it's easy to go into that self-sabotage mindset, but when you, when you check yourself in a sense, or just remember what it's all for, what you're learning, it, it's easier to be happier, even if you're not getting what you want right away. Can I make another comment? Please. Think about what, what Allison was saying about and also, also you as well, like, hey, I'm, you know, got the answer. No, don't date this guy. Two months later, we went back. Or Allison talking about, yeah, like, we have these strong feelings about, you know, self-love or, or whatever it is. And I think another thing that's important to what makes dating challenging, right, is something that I think we don't give enough attention. And it's always, it's our feelings, right? And so you hear people talk about, hey, feel your feelings, and then move on, right? So dwelling on it. But I think there's an important thing to remember is that, you know, feelings, feelings don't dictate truth. They don't. And so like, and and even if like, you know, I've had very strong, very real feelings that, you know, I want to punch my brother. Like, are the feelings real? Yes, they're real. Is it true that I should do that? Absolutely not. I shouldn't, right? And so what's hard is like, you know, we're gonna have these very strong emotions of like, wow, she is cute. She is this, this. But then like, we also know that there's a couple things or whatever it is. Like, I know I shouldn't, but it'd be so fun or whatever it is. Like, it's hard because we have these very strong emotions, um, which, which are good overall. Like, but I mean, on the flip side of that, I mean, not to get too off topic, but like I had very fortunate to serve a mission. And I also think about, um, you know, people that had the privilege to meet and to, and to talk with and have awesome experiences with. And it's like, okay, like, why did, why did some of these people get, you know, disowned by their families? Why did they give up addictions? Why did they, you know, you know, get married or to not live and stop having sex with somebody or stop, you know, drinking or smoking? Like, why? What did it come down to? And as you break it down, it's like they changed their whole life around because of feeling. 
like that's why they changed and so mm. things are so powerful and so strong and so i don't think we give enough credit obviously within the church and the gospel teaches us hey like you know in dnc8 you can feel in your heart you know and your mind but oftentimes with, with dating it's tough because like i'm only feeling in one place or you know my head's screwed up right now i think i feel something here and it's like it's this whirlwind of, of what's so tough and um anyway i, just, I think it's an important aspect of, of mm. this balance of our feelings of how intricate it is and, and wow and yeah so well totally and i feel like for me sometimes I use it as a cop-out answer like I just don't know what I'm feeling and therefore I don't make any decisions because my feelings seem so unclear and I'm just so I have so much uncertainty about what my feelings are actually meaning and so I think I need to just start even smaller and identify start identifying what different feelings mean to me and then from there I can be more sure in making decisions but it's it's hard to everyone's always like trust your gut or listen to your heart and the older I get the more I'm like okay now what does that mean you know like what is my gut telling me or that's so bigger recently I can't trust me (laughs) (laughs) I also think anxiety can get in the way too which is so hard because I don't know (laughs) Allison you you did kind of mention like not in these words but just like fight or flight sometimes our brain trying to protect us like I don't know about you too but I've definitely been through some like pretty brutal heartache and it's probably the worst pain I've ever felt like it is miserable so anytime anyone's going through that I just like give them a bit of a hug because it's just the worst but because we've been through that in our past maybe even if we're not understanding what those feelings are it is it is kind of that fear of getting hurt again or hurting someone I think that can be an even harder pain if if it goes that direction but what helps you kind of understand your feelings specifically toward dating but also in general that is a great question how, how do we understand our feelings that you asked yeah um I, I mean I, I don't I don't does it feel pretty clear to you Trevor like you usually know what a feeling means to you. Yeah, like I would say. Yeah, like I think maybe I'm having a hard time with this question. It's like because like that's I've just only, second. I've only had 26 years of of experiences with myself to know. Hey, when I feel this, it usually means X, Y, or Z. Or yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I've gotten to know the way that I act or react to situations or circumstances to know, hey, this is this is a good feeling. This is not a good feeling. You're hey, independently of this of this feeling and it feels good, it's not good. And so like I've been able to like distinguish this like this balance of like measuring out my feelings versus, you know, intellectually if okay, they're not valid right now. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make it right or true. So I don't know, I I don't know how if I'm even answering that, but I just feel like that's just, that's like that's life. Like that's living life and experiencing and yeah. getting better than well, I feel like you just simplified that, at least for me and hopefully for other people who maybe are fast, fast-paced thinking. But, like, it really does just kind of boil down to, is it a good feeling or is it a bad feeling? And therefore, what? Like, it, it doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it. So, thank you. Mm-hmm. What about you, Allison? Um, I think that Trevor hit it on the dot. And I think, I think he knows his feelings because he's self-aware. Mm-hmm. Like, Trevor's a very self-aware person. And... 
So if you get confused, and I don't mean to say this so bluntly, but I say this bluntly because I had spent many years trying to figure out what I was feeling enough, um, like through therapy, through other things, it wasn't just like a natural thing for me. But like, if you are confused on how you feel and you can't read it, it's because you don't know yourself. Mm. And then that's point blank. And getting to know yourself is just like getting to know anyone else. Like, even though you're fully aware of your thoughts, you're fully aware of your emotions, you still have to get you to know yourself just like any relationship. And one of the best relationships you can strengthen, one of the best things you can give to a future spouse or even the best gift you can give to your future children is getting to know yourself because then if you know how to help yourself be happy, you know how to, you know what you're feeling. like, And it takes a lifetime to do that, but you're like getting to know yourself being self-aware is that so it's funny that you mentioned that because at times that I can't decide to how I'm feeling I'm like interesting this means that I don't know myself as well in this area so I need to like journal I need to ask myself the right questions I need to get to know myself as if I was getting to know someone else and then that can help you understand your feelings when you actually know yourself yeah I love that I I feel like I I've used, I've done that up and down in my own life but like my indecision for sure like I think it plays to exactly what you just said. I also think like even at my job like they they ask questions like what are you wired for or what what like fills your cup and and what makes you feel helpful like it gets down to those things too of of where you can put forth your best effort in whatever capacity you can do because when you're capitalized on on w- how you know yourself then you work better and so I think in relationships too I mean everyone always says like you know if you're not dating someone or like what can you do to be prepared is it's work on yourself and and everyone always says it's the cliche answer but it's 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 really true it's a true answer so thank you Allison I love that Trevor do you have any thoughts before I go to the next question no, you're gonna go to next. Okay, I'll I'll wrap it up in the next few minutes because we're already at forty minutes. So I'm gonna let you choose between the last two questions. We can either talk about how do you know when you found the person you want to marry, or next. <laughs> <laughs> or. We could talk about what do you want when it comes to dating and what um, what's one thing you look for in a person. So You're just full of the good questions, Natalie. Can yes. you repeat them one more time? Yeah, so I asked some people, like, how do they know when they found the person they want to marry as well okay. as, like, what do you want and what do you look for? Okay. I could just share. I could just share the first one, then we could talk about the second one. How does that sound? Okay, I'll just share them really fast because these were actually really sweet. So someone says, when it feels like one plus one equals ten, um, when they make... Not even three, ten. That's amazing. <laughs> it says, when they make you better than you could be by yourself, when they feel like home with the spirit and you choose to love them with knowledge of their flaws and not just being attached, when it comes very easy and very natural, the thought of being with someone else makes you sick. Their quirks don't bug you like they have with other guys. <laughs> Seeing greater... <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, sorry. No, 
<laughs> no, I like it. Thank you. Um, my friend said, seeing greater potential for myself spiritually and otherwise than without them. Being the type of person you want to marry first and finding someone who is aligned. Answer the question, do they inspire me to be better? And then vice versa, do I inspire them to be better? Physical attraction, spiritually aligned, and personalities are compatible. Um, plug right there. I listened to the Art of Dating podcast. It was from my old institute professor slash MTC choir director. And he said, when someone says, oh, I wasn't feeling it with someone, usually you can trace that back to some level of compatibility that didn't match. So that's an interesting thought. And then someone else said, it's like when it's natural and peaceful, when he's everything my ex wasn't, <laughs> um, when they might not be what you expected or wanted, but they're who you need, expect the unexpected people. And then someone said, can I live with them? If yes, okay, then can I live without them? Which I like that. I like thinking about that a lot. Um, I also think sometimes distance in a relationship helps for a few days to kind of see what you're like away from each other. That really helps put things into perspective. And then just a very real and calm sense of knowing, which I don't know. I, I, I'm hopeful that that will come to everyone. Most married people I've talked to can say like, yeah, it just felt natural. Do you guys feel like you get the same answer when you talk to your married friends? No. Oh, really? No. I've had, like, a myriad of answers. Yeah. I feel like I've heard it all at this point. Okay, that's re that's reassuring. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, if it's not natural, it's not right. But that's not true. It's also, what's the definition of natural? Anyway, you keep going. Yeah, I want to hear your no, thoughts. No, well, I mean, like, yeah, there, there's going to be bits and pieces, right? But, like, their story's theirs. And I think what happens, a lot of people try to say, this is what it was for us. Therefore, if it's not this, then kick rocks it's not the right person like it's not it's not it's not their story so like an example is like i've had people in my life where it's like it was awesome like it's like the fairy tale right just you know when they saw each other they started talking they just you know awesome feeling i also think it's um it's very not it's not abnormal to have anxieties or stresses leading up to the marriage like i have a sibling to where like he knew, and, and and this is leading up to like getting married. Like, yeah, I, I I know she's awesome and what I need, and she's great. But you know, but he he was dealing with a lot of anxiety, like it was stressing the crap out of him, and like he was almost like backing out mm. and whatnot. And like that's how it was for him, like just overthinking everything. And and I think people need to also understand and say, hey, that's also very normal. And that's yeah. that absolutely okay. I um, have heard that story multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Like he got, and he, he went through and he married her. And it, and very quickly after, a couple months afterwards or a couple weeks, whatever, he's like, oh, yeah, like, this is, this is dope. Like, why dope. did I worry about that? Yeah, exactly. But, but I think when people try to project what their story was for other people, like, no, it's not. Like, that's your story. It's awesome. It's beautiful. And that's what's unique. But it's like, it's the exact same principle. Like, my relationship with father isn't the same relationship that you have. Like it's different. It's unique. It's personable. And so yeah. I think I think we can we can talk about principles. I think we can talk about, hey, like this was, you know, something that was important to me. But when people go as far as saying, if it's not this, then then I think that's when you're kind of in the in the danger zone. I love that. Yeah, and I'll just add one quote to that because I know you have the one more question. But um the quote that I'll say is 
is that I heard is that every relationships have every relationship. Sorry, my braces make it hard to talk. Every relationship has problems, but it's the relationships that are stronger than the problems that make it. It's cool. And I love that because it's true. It's like, if you go in thinking, I need to look where there's no problems, it's not going to work that way. You actually got to go in thinking, what problems can I choose? And will we be stronger than those to make it through? Wow. And I'll say on that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that is a very profound quote, and it applies to so many things. Or you could you could switch out words, and it means the same thing. I think my favorite quote with like marriage is as a conference talk, and it was like, "If you look for the bad, you'll find the bad. If you look for the good, you'll find the good." And I think in a relationship similar to the problems you see and being stronger than them, it goes to the same for for what you see in each other. Okay, be thinking of your takeaways as I read through the last question because we'll, I'll ask you about your takeaways from our conversation. So the last question was, what, let's see, what do you want when it comes to dating? Yeah, here we go. Um, a lot of people said honesty, communication, laughter, stability, trust, fun, serving together, spiritual and smart partner with physical, aware- uh, physical awareness, but it said attractiveness. I said that wrong. Um, people want to date to marry. And giving someone a fair shot, best effort, and creating true love. Okay, so that's kind of the last thing. I'll ask you both one thing you are looking for, and then we'll jump into a takeaway from this whole episode. Oh, you're looking at me. Okay, um, so there are so many things. There's so many of the basics, right? Like strong testimony, treats me well emotionally available is huge because it's like that's hard to be these days is emotionally available totally Um, but if you want my number one thing that makes me notice a guy like this is the number one is how he treats other people 100 i could barely know someone and if they're good to everyone around them that's an automatic like i should get to know that person and so like that is that is massively huge because how they treat people especially the people they don't need in their life um, that's how they're probably going to treat you eventually. And so that's like the number one thing that opens my mind to getting to know you. <laughs> Our door just randomly opened. Yeah. And so right when I said open. The door opened. <laughs> that's amazing. Anyway. No, I love that. And in my last podcast episode, I mentioned too, like how they treat their family is how they're going to treat you. I mean, you, you become family, but yeah. I love observing people and seeing how they treat others. Thank you. What about you, Trevor? Yeah, not to not to just copy and paste. Um, door. The Jesus. door opened. It's It's so close. Oh, you have to lock it. Okay, there we go. We're set. <laughs> no, you're fine. Okay, so yeah, not to copy and paste, Allison, but like, yeah, obviously, besides like, hey, like father and jesus is more important than me and you know the gospel sense of that like the other aspect is just quite simply the thing that's most important to me is that is that she's kind this world's this life's tough and if i have to marry someone who's not kind to make that much more tough kill me like that's that's a drag but but i think i think the exact same thing is, is allison like uh, that's what i look for a ton is when i'm at social events like is she just talking to like the cutest boys in the room or just the popular girls or the people that are the most, you know, easy to, to, you know, be attracted to. That's just like emotionally or, you know, socially or whatever. Like, 
when I find someone who's just as kind to, you know, every single person in that room, but also kind of aware of the other people, I think for me, I get, yeah, so super happy. So it's yeah. super important well, to me. I think what both of you said reflects that that, that person that you're noticing is self-aware of themselves and have, have been confident in themselves to then seek outward and focus on others. And that I think both of you do a great job at that. So you're well on your way. Thanks. Oh, right. No, for real though. I really do mean that from the bottom of my heart. You Thank guys are great you. examples. And I was, I was thrilled that you accepted to talk on the podcast. Okay, so we've talked about a billion things. Do you have kind of an uplifting takeaway that we can end on just you personally what what's your takeaway from today um can can i can i just maybe just a thought yeah, instead of like of maybe, course. i don't talk about it just a thought please um i think i mean imagine i don't know who's listening obviously but it's like maybe these are people who are maybe struggling with with dating maybe it's you know people who are married and they're still dating right like that doesn't end um but i think what's just like important is as i've kind of just reflected on my experiences dating and, and people i've dated um what what i've just been thinking about as we've been having these conversations is that like that the sweetest thing about the atonement of jesus christ is that he takes things that that are bad or that are bitter or tough and can still make things good like you know, as we were talking, I was thinking of one relationship that I had that, that just broke me when, when this girl broke up with me. I was in love with her. And and uh, so for me, I was like, oh, I was crushed. But but then again, like, it just is another experience because all experiences can be good, you know, if we learn from it. And it's the Savior that allows us to learn from those experiences. And so um, I just think about, you know, that's kind of my the thing I guess I want to close with is like, yeah, like, even though we've had maybe bad experiences, like, Christ makes all bad things good. Like that's that's what it is, and and that even goes for ongoing relationships that that you may have. Like yeah, surprise, no one's perfect. You know that boyfriend you're dating or that girlfriend, the person you're married to. Like, congrats. Like yeah, like they also are going to need the atonement, and they're going to need you just as much as their quarter. So, um, I I think it's not thinking you're above, um, you know, anything, and also allowing people to to repent. You're allowing people to to try again. So. I love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I love that. I know we talk about so many things that it's hard to even like wrap it up in one thought, but I guess the last thing that I'll share is um, a girl came up to me who's also my age, just like two weeks ago. She's exactly my age. She's 29. And she was just like starting to break down. And I've had this happen multiple times. I've been there. You know what I mean? It's just like an interesting thing. And she was just like, Allison, like, how do you stay happy? Like, how do you move forward? And I'm like, well, one, it's not like I'm happy all the time. Like, you, you're going to have ups and downs. But, mm-hmm. but I can say that I think the cure for a lot of things going on with Trevor, Trevor really established, like, okay, Christ can make everything good through this whole mess of dating and happiness of dating, too. Um, so since he already touched on the Savior, I just, like, want to touch one more time again on gratitude. Because I just think that gratitude is the healer of loneliness. Gratitude is will get you it literally changes your brain like there are studies that the moment you start becoming grateful different parts of your brain starts turning on and gratitude and this might sound a little intense but like we aren't guaranteed like i'm not guaranteed 
the next six months of my life. Like that is just life. Like you're really not guaranteed. So sometimes when I'm worried, like, oh no, like what if I never get married? I'm like, what if I don't make it to next year? Like, what do I want to be experiencing right now? And so I just want to leave with that, that that is something that has really helped me. And yeah, besides the savior, which is like the number one, but, but that too. Aw, both of those are great final thoughts. I feel like as both of you shared those final thoughts, my thought went to, um, oh no, it just kind of left my brain. It just kind of accepting who you are, but also accepting that you can create the life you want and it, it's not, doesn't have to be complicated or excruciating or painful or hard. You just got to take little steps to get there. And that involves including the Savior, repenting daily, being grateful, and then recognizing that you really do have power to do whatever you want with your life, despite any circumstance. And I'm just so grateful that we get to create the lives we want. And if that involves Christ, great. And I think your life will be better for it. But whatever journey you're on, like whatever makes you feel happy and whatever fills your cup and helps you connect then then to focus on that focus on the, your passions because that can't be taken away from you so thank you both so much I appreciate you taking your time out of today and I hope everyone enjoyed this episode and my little tagline is spread the light and light the passion so thank you guys we'll talk to you soon bye thanks, thanks Matt see ya bye guys thank you